0: From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Continuing on
2: with a conversation from an hour three. And if you miss an hour, get the podcast Armstrong and Getty on demand. I was talking about the ridiculous rules of the community pool where they don't let the kids do anything. And I don't know if lawyers drive that. It's probably a combination of lawyers and weirdo moms i'm guessing mostly i don't know that uh who was enforcing all the the -the over-the-top helmet rules at the skateboard park but um uh just a ridiculous idea of safety fitting in with that the cdc latest numbers out on the number of kids that are receiving mental health treatment i think and we can get into those later. I think there's absolutely a correlation between the the world is very scary. Everything you do could kill you. Be careful at every turn. Wear lots of helmets and pads and all these different sorts of things. And I can't let you go and do anything because it's too dangerous. Right, that clearly is contributing to our mental health problem, but more on that aspect of it later.
3: Well, I'm kind of glad we have a, a a word for it now. And And maybe this isn't the perfect one, but I think we need to have a term that everybody agrees on so we can begin fighting this. And I've come across the term safetyism a couple of times uh, recently it's this obsession with safety obviously and not just physical safety but the whole trigger warnings thing the whole if you uh if you say something somebody disagrees with it's violence it's the cocooning of our young people and we did it they didn't do it to themselves right you know, we, I know, know—I'm. I'm, people are saying to the radios or, or ear pods or whatever, I didn't do it. I hate this crap. Um, and I totally get that. But we as a society have done that in America, and it's killing our kids, ironically enough. And you know me, I'm a huge believer in free play, too. I think taking free play away from kids has left them utterly unequipped to deal with life. And if you are... If you have not made a thousand decisions, you've not confronted a thousand uncertainties and 175 dangers by the time you hit the workplace, you're not going to be an adult with the capability, capabilities adults have always had. And this came across this piece in the New York Post. I guess it was Why Gen Z Struggles in the Workforce. And it's, it's all about that. Um, the concept of safetyism. And they point out that, you know, saying kids these days don't know the value of hard work is a trope as old as the concept of youth itself. And it's mostly wrong or at least outdated, reflecting the natural changes in attitudes people experience as they age rather than any real degeneracy among the younger lot. I'll buy that. In the case of Gen Z, however, something interesting and concerning is afoot. And then they go into a big survey of managers about how many Gen Z workers they've had to fire after less than a week on the job because they are just incapable of functioning in the workplace. And, uh, you know, in my personal life, I've actually been counseling a, a young person about that. And it's hard. It's hard to... Undo a childhood full of, you know, the lack of the things I was talking about. Anyway, um, real world evidence. uh, Accounting giants Deloitte and PwC reported spending valuable time and money to give new recruits in Britain remedial lessons on in-person meetings and face-to-face presentations. So obviously this is not uniquely American. Psychological markers indicate that Gen Z's outward workplace difficulties are matched by inner turmoil, and they go into the incredible rates of anxiety and depression among young adults uh, that's increased by 63% in a dozen years. 05 to 2017. Yeah. Cell phones, social media. It's got to be. It's just got to be.
2: Yeah, uh, well, that increase in just the last couple of years, you know, coinciding with the whole explosion of cell phones and social media. Then the other stuff we are talking about is playgrounds become safe, safer and nobody's allowed to do anything. Right. You're not allowed to jump off the side of the pool and do a cannonball at the pool that my kids go to. I mean, what does that do to your psyche if you grow up in that world?
3: It's crazy. Boy, you either end up thinking rules are stupid. That's or, where my kids are. Or you're convinced. I'm not shocked by that. Um, or you, you become convinced that the world is a terrifying place. Yeah. So this this piece is good up to now. Here's where it gets great in my mind. To comprehend the underpreparedness and vulnerability of these new white-collar workers it makes sense to study their last stop before the office, the college campus, in many cases. In 2018, Jonathan Haidt and Greg Lukianoff published The Coddling of the American Mind, how good intentions and bad ideas are setting up a generation for failure. It was brilliant. It was present. It's one of the most important things ever read, ever written. In it, they argue that a cult of safetyism, a fundamental resistance to risk, has captured our universities. The coronavirus pandemic, striking 18 months after the book's debut, confirmed and magnified its thesis. Keep in mind, the universities were among the most zealous advocates for remote activities long after the necessity wore off. So if these kids grew up in a world of safetyism, they got it like iron clad and and, and coated with titanium in college. Wow in the 2022 spring semester a year after vaccines became universally available keeping in mind college kids were practically impregnable anyway the university of california system still had most of its campuses in remote only mode spring 2022 by that point the third academic year into the pandemic saga norms had been degraded and performance expectations lowered simple actions like showing up to class and turning in assignments were suddenly optional one department head at a public university in New York grumbled to me privately of not so subtle guidance from administrators to ease standards for both attendance and timely work submission what? as the late twenty 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 two fall semester. Wow. Pressure to wave laggards through the system meant that an important signaling mechanism, both for the students themselves and their prospective employers, had been distorted. Restrictions placed on Gen Z during the pandemic and concessions granted to it amplified the human tendencies towards sloth and conflict avoidance. Fearful of inflicting the trauma of real-world expectations on these students, uni- university administrators, as Heighton Lukyanov warned in coddling, have actually set them up for failure as they enter the workforce. You know, there's more to this, and you know, I don't want to go on forever. Um, new white collar workers thus now bring with them corresponding safetyist pathologies that render them unable to cope with discomfitting ideas and unwilling to manage relationships through friction, among other problems.
2: I don't. It's. Uh, I'm in a mindset because of something I just read, since, uh, like half hour ago during a commercial break. There's a Twitter thread that's pretty good. Well, actually, a guy's got a new book out that fits into this. Let me find the title of the book.
3: Here comes the title, folks. You're going to want to jot this down or Uh, or post it at armstrongandgetty.com.
2: The Press Gallery and the author, Paul Ferry, um, he's writing this book. It's newspaper collections and some essays on how we've always thought things were better 50 years ago. And always complain about how nobody wants to work anymore. And he's got newspaper clippings going back to the like early 1800s, article after article after article, going year by year by year from now until you know 1820 or whatever, um, on <laughs> quoting various uh, thinkers and people on how things were better 50 years ago, and giving examples. So mm-hmm. there's that, as you mentioned. I mean, that's just for some reason that's the way we're built, and the way our minds were. At the same time, there's just no escaping the reality of the number of kids seeking therapy being so high, um, killing themselves being so high, on medication being so high. I mean, those are are real. That's not just a perception.
3: I just read, I think it was 15% of American teenagers have gotten mental
2: health care. So that's, yeah, that's the thing I was talking about, the latest CDC numbers, about 15%. So what, one out of seven? Children nationwide received treatment for mental health disorders in 2021. Just that year. Not like ever in their lives. Just in that year. That's incredible.
3: It's mind-boggling.
2: 15% of children ages 5 to 17 received mental health treatment in the previous 12 months. Including 8% who took psychiatric medication. 11.5% who had counseling or therapy with a mental health professional. That uh, Those are some high numbers. I think it's a
3: positive that people are being more open about mental health problems, um, but it's a negative that so many people are having them.
2: Yeah, so the numbers are lower for the younger kids, 5 to 11. It's 11%, still 1 out of 10. 1 out of 10 like single-digit aged kids have mental health issues? 1 out of 10? God, what I are I, we doing? I, I feel like it wasn't one out of 1,000 when I was a kid. But um, it, the, the number is higher for your older kids. So 12 to 17 teenagers, it's 19%. So dang near one out of five teenagers had treatments for mental health issues. In, a in the year, past year. In a year. So it's not even ever. It's in a year. In that year, one out of yeah. five. That's Unbelievable.
3: So I failed to bring it home with the, the, the key paragraph in that previous article, and that's quoting Heighton Lukianoff again. Um, having been cloistered from interactive university experiences, Zoomers lack resilience, et cetera, Heighton Lukianoff identified three key safetyist fall- falsehoods now dominant in education, I'd say, in society. And I'm going to print this out. I'm going to post it in the studio. I want it always handy because my jihad is fighting against this until this microphone is taken away from my cold, dead fingers. Jeez, <laughs> oh, The three safetiest, safetiest falsehoods. Number one, what doesn't kill you makes you weaker. All injuries, all bad experiences have r- reduced you. Number two, feelings are always to be trusted.
2: Wow, that's the worst idea for running your life, I can imagine.
3: And the third, that life is a battle between good people and evil people. And that anybody who threatens you or challenges you or disagrees with you or disagrees with your professors is evil.
2: Feelings should always be trusted. Feelings should rarely be trusted.
3: Well, and the the point has been made repeatedly by more eloquent people than me that you're talking about a 12-year-old girl who's terrified by puberty and is told, maybe you're a boy, and she thinks, yeah, maybe I'm a boy. We have to listen to her as an authority on human psychology, as a confused child. As somebody pointed out, if we could always trust our own feelings, the field of psychiatry wouldn't exist.
2: Right. Well, that's how you ended up with Greta Thunberg, who we got into yesterday with. Uh, well, she's upset, so we better change the world to fit with her feelings.
4: How dare you?
3: Feelings are always to be trusted. That's an interesting Vi- way. W- Speech is violence. Violence is speech. Uh, that's
2: something. Shut up and turn in your homework.
0: <laughs> you have stolen my dreams.
2: <laughs> or get the lawn mode. Yeah. Um if you have any comments on any of this text line 415295KFTC. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously. Wake up and call 1-888-Freedom or visit ConsumerCellular.com.
1: Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular's single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with a limited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid and limited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: It's outrageous that we didn't know this until now, that it had to be leaked to reporters rather than having the government, U.S. government, which has apparently known this for quite some time, come clean about this. But at least it's come out now. But nonetheless, I think we can see that. I mean, there was censorship. There was disinformation spread about this issue. We now can confirm definitively it came from a lab and the first three scientists sickened by it were the ones who were working to engineer the virus in the first place.
3: That's Michael Schellenberger talking about the fact that they've nailed down the lab leak theory and who got sick first. I'm still waiting to hear this in the mainstream media. Also, another China headline, and so interesting from the New York Times. As ties to China turn toxic, even Chinese companies are moving out of China. They're not manufacturing in China anymore. They're establishing headquarters in other places because they realize the China brand is toxic.
2: I Which want I to hear it was interesting. Let me hear more about that. I want to jump in with this this hour. we will have breaking demi Lovato news.
3: I just made my bad smell face. It's radio. you can't see that, but come on, come
2: on. I think you'll find it interesting.
3: Okay. Uh, you know, I have a first world couple of problems I need your advice on. Okay. Uh, well, the first one, I don't need any advice really. Uh, a certain part in a certain system in our home broke. Barely two years after it was installed, it's under warranty. $300 part is under warranty. But to swap it out, $1,100 in labor. Whoa! Because it is a very long process. Right. So, the warranty.
2: This is your saltwater tide pool with six-foot waves to keep your octopus at the proper temperature.
3: Yeah, and especially uh, genetically spliced uh, carp that are eight feet long. Yeah. (laughs) But that takes all the fun out of the damn warranty. Tell you what, right. how about you give me a warranty for the labor and not the part? You know,
2: huh? I, I realize I'm more cynical than is probably healthy for me, but I, I ignore most warranty. I mean, when, when you're selling me something and you hit me with the, the warranty or whatever, just because the few times in my life I've ever tried to take advantage of it, I've gotten screwed somehow. So I've just said, oh, okay, so that's a scam. Warranties. That, that's the way I just kind of think about warranties in general.
3: Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's saving me three hundred bucks, which every little bit helps. But uh, sure, a, a, a company named that's not that what they're will...
2: in, that's not what they're implying when they tell you that something's under warning.
3: Well, and I would say to Company X that will not be named, why am I writing a check for eleven hundred dollars? Well, because we uh, had a crappy part that broke. That's right. So if your part is under warranty, yet it's still costing me that much money, is it really under warranty? (laughs) Anyway, problem number two is, and and I have a feeling I will be mocked for this, which is completely inappropriate. I ordered a pair of purple golf pants. Hmm. It is Pride Month.
2: Okay, that's it. Yep. You you got (laughs) to stand up for pride. (laughs) I understand.
3: No, I will occasionally wear fun golf clothes. Exactly. I'm not one of those guys who's always in like navy
2: blue. So you got purple yeah. pants. You probably are wearing yellow gloves and an orange shirt. Sure, and I am. Red
3: hat. Absolutely.
2: Uh, green no, just- shoes. That's what I'm picturing. You look like the Joker from the 60s <laughs> Batman.
3: No, not so much. But so I got these pants because they were on sale. I figured, what the heck, it'd be fun to have some purple golf pants. I co- they come to the house, they are not purple by any stretch of the imagination. They are blue. They are blue <laughs> pants. And I showed wow. them to a bunch of people. I said, "What color are these pants?" Wow. they're blue. Wow. I is, said, "They're
2: supposed to be purple." This is a very Larry David conversation.
3: But they're they're good pants, and I don't have that shade. But I want to return them because I've been deceived. I mean, and, I could use some blue golf pants. Everybody who
2: asks says they're blue.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hundred percent. That they're not by any stretch of the imagination purple.
2: And they were labeled purple.
3: Well, right. Yeah. And uh, how do you? Uh, you need to be sanctioned for quality control that poor. Are there no rules
2: in the world anymore? That's what I'm saying. Does their, anything go? Life now? is tough. I know. You know, I, we're going to talk about Ukraine coming up. They, they know what Joe's going through. Oh,
0: boy. Armstrong and Getty. by visiting musicgives.org.
4: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: I promised breaking Demi Lovato news. She is a singer-slash-actress. She was one of the Disney stars that grows up to be a hottie and. Stays famous, one of those people. Um, famous for being California sober. She went into rehab and came out and said she's California sober. I still smoke weed and drink sometimes. Come on. Is anyway. she the woman from uh, Only Murders in the Building, or is that... No, uh, no. That's Selena Gomez. Gomez.
3: Selena Gomez. Okay. Good There are gosh. too many. Keep too many actresses. Keep your young, hot,
2: former Disney star straight for crying out loud. I apologize. Anyway, Demi Lovato, doing an interview with GQ Magazine, said she has resumed female pronouns... Because they, them was absolutely exhausting. (laughs) Which I find kind of funny. And then then she also said... um, She uh, continues to feel more feminine, but still wishes for gender-neutral spaces. I can't even imagine what that means. Just be quiet. Right. Well, I assume somebody asked her. Uh... I wish for General Newton. What? What? So meanwhile, where they've got real problems in Ukraine, they're at war trying to stay alive. Ian Bremmer was on one of the shows today talking about uh, the role tech has played, among other things
1: the Ukrainians would not be able to defend despite their extraordinary courage if it wasn't for the most advanced weapons being provided to them by the United States first and foremost by NATO but the the other point that I was making is that technology companies are becoming active belligerents in this war I don't think Zelensky is still in power today if it wasn't for SpaceX and Elon Musk providing um, the, uh, the communications devices to allow the commanders to talk to their frontline soldiers, if it wasn't for Microsoft defending uh, the, the Ukrainian government in terms of cybersecurity, I literally don't think Zelensky's is still there. They're, those are not signatories to NATO or any treaty. Nobody votes for those CEOs and leaders. It's a very small number of very powerful people. And the fact that that is true, and we support that in Ukraine, but maybe we won't in other places is something the world really has to wrestle with in very short order.
2: Yeah, he writes about that a lot. That is a fascinating notion. Here they are, major players, as he says, the difference maker, you know, Elon Musk, one guy in this case deciding, yeah, I'm on the Ukraine side. I'm going to jump in here and help them continue to have communication. One guy, tech company, doesn't have anything to do with NATO. NATO can't stop him. Uh, maybe they could if they wanted to, like, go to war with Elon Musk. But um, uh, he decides it on his own, pays for it himself, plays the deciding role in the at least the early part of the war. What does that mean for the future? As Ian says, if they, if Elon says, you know what, I don't agree that country X should be defended against whatever. Right, it's an interesting role for individuals to have.
3: And I guess it's that there are now global companies in a way that during World War II, for instance, there weren't really, or to the extent that they were, they could be replaced anyway. Um, wow, that's intriguing. So if like, uh, we're talking about Elon, let's go ahead and talk about Elon Musk. So Elon Musk decides he's in support of China invading the Philippines. He's, of course, he's not. Uh, this is a purely hypothetical, but, um, and we say to, twitter and spacex and and and, uh tesla Uh, that's totally uncool you gotta stop supporting china shipping them free electric tanks and spacecraft and letting them tweet at will um (laughs) elon says pound sand so we levy sanctions and fines he says i got tens of billions of dollars i don't care i'm still gonna aid china and then what do we send a, a a line of abrams a1 tanks into Cupertino and, or, or Austin or wherever he's headquartered these days and, and take down the building?
2: Well, that's an interesting scenario, but that's how do you deal with him playing an active role? How about him playing an inactive role? If he decides, I don't want to help a country, you can't make him. And as we just heard from Ian, it was the difference maker in Ukraine. So if he decides... You know, if he's got the Tucker Carlson view or the view some of you have about uh, this, none of our business. They're a corrupt country. I'm not going to help them. They lose if Elon doesn't decide to jump in.
3: So help me out with this. Uh, 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 um,
2: and we Ukraine obviously thought it
3: was, hires him to, to put the the
2: Starlink satellite system in, for instance. Um, well, that'd be different than what happened, right? He just jumped in. He just did it. He paid for right. it himself, at least in the early months. Right, I'm just trying to play out the various scenarios. So um, the U.S. says, we'll pay you
3: for it. And he says, no, I I just choose not to have that contract. I'm not going to do that business. Spare parts for Germany after they're invaded by Russia. Some company says, no, I don't like Germans.
2: Yeah, yeah, maybe it's just as simple as, have individuals ever had this much power um, in the democracies? to. Because even at the the height of the power of General Motors, I don't think they could have uh, swayed a war, certainly not quickly, maybe over like a long war over time, providing something. But like Elon jumped in 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 days and provided this.
3: Well, the military industrial complex famously is in favor of all wars, more or less, uh, because that's how they get rich. You're right, this is an odd and unprecedented thing. Ian Bremmer's right. Mm. What does the future look like with global industrial superpowers and technical superpowers? Huh.
2: What a thought-provoking topic. Right. Um I mentioned earlier that Tucker Carlson had a Twitter video, because that's his platform now, that got... I haven't looked at it today. When I went to bed last night, it had 72 million views. It's about a th- That's astounding. It is. That's a big number. That's like Carol Burnett back in the uh, early 70s numbers um, <laughs> uh, uh, when there were no options for other choices for media. Um, well, and the Carol Burnett show was hilarious. And it was a great show. Yeah. She rarely talked about uh, partisan politics, like... Tucker Carlson, but so this last most latest 13 minute screed from Tucker was all about how the Republicans and Democrats are all of permanent Washington is in on these wars and they don't benefit you. You know, he's super against us helping out Ukraine and he was using the example example of the Iraq war and he plays a clip. He says, oh, his theme, his basic theme was why was Donald Trump indicted? Why are they trying to bring down Donald Trump? And he said, because Donald Trump declared war on permanent Washington in February of 2016. Here's what he did that will get you the enmity, everybody won't hate treating you like an enemy of all of Washington, D.C. And he played the clip of, and I'd forgotten that Trump said this or even went this far, but in one of the debates they're talking about the war in Iraq and Jeb was on the stage and Chris Christie was on the stage and lots of people on the stage and he said, the Iraq war, they lied us into the war, there were no weapons of mass destruction, they knew it, it was all a lie, and what did we get out of it? And the crowd is cheering and some of the crowd is booing and Jeb's shaking his head and smiling like, listen to this nut saying nutty things. How long will he be in the race? And <laughs> uh, and and I'd forgotten a Trump that took that stance and that strongly, but so, Tucker's angle is that when, when Trump said that, all of Washington that wants these wars turned on him and has been out to get him ever since. I don't buy that. I think there's lots of reasons that Washington has turned on Trump and wants to get him. doesn't have mm-hmm. to be that one. Yeah. But yeah. that view from Tucker got 75 million views. Again, those are astonishing numbers. Right. I don't know how many people agree with that or how many people that sways. I have no idea. But speak Does Tucker run for president? But speak... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um I don't think he has any interest in that. But, uh, you know, talking about Elon, one guy jumping in, nobody can stop him. He's all on his own helping out Ukraine. Not that I wanted to stop him. Tucker doesn't need Fox or whoever else. He needs Twitter, but there's no reason for Twitter to keep him off. But he's just a guy with a Twitter account. Doesn't need a whole bunch of money and cameras and a studio and everything like that. He's got... Looks like he's sitting in his living room and probably has a fairly cheap camera because they're all good these days and mm-hmm. records that and 75 million people watch it.
3: <laughs> well, far from far from wanting to ban him. Twitter's thrilled. Are
2: you well, kidding? Yeah, no,
3: you I- got a, a rock star like
2: that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm thrilled. I like the idea, but it's just uh, an individual can have so much power. the The lack of gatekeepers in all these different areas now is, man, this is really a new world for that.
3: Yeah, absolutely true. Although he's going to get sued, I think they've already sent him a cease and desist saying you're not allowed to do a show unless it's on Fox. We're still paying you; you're still our
2: employee. How long is he under contract? Don't remember. Can he say keep your money? And mm, depends what the contract says, right?
3: There's uh, probably a clause in there about that. I, I would guess no.
2: I don't know if Fox is doing themselves any favors if they end up going to. At- tucker getting 75 million views on that's more than anybody anybody on their stations getting are they helping themselves by uh being the enemy of tucker carlson i don't know for their crowd probably not he was the number one show on their network their own network do they want to be the ones that shut him up well i can't believe a cable news outfit would be short-sighted and idiotic yeah that's that's a tough call anyway we will finish strong next
3: armstrong and getty
4: the Armstrong and Getty show It does seem like evil forces are trying to undermine the credibility of Congress to the point where I you know I covered Chuck uh, Grassley for a long time. You can say a lot of things about a lot of Republicans, you can't say Chuck Grassley makes things up. When Chuck Grassley says something, you can take it to the bank. You can take his sentence and parse it and figure out exactly what it is, the complete, total Mm -hmm. truth of what he's saying. And if he ever gets something wrong, he'd come out and and correct it. And so, uh, you know, the evil forces are destroying the credibility of people like Chuck Grassley. But when Chuck Grassley says, this is what we have behind closed doors, you can actually believe Uh, it.
3: That is uh, columnist Charlie Hurt talking about uh, Senator Grassley. Who is, uh, at the center of investigating these allegations about, against the Biden family for selling influence and taking Ukrainian bribes and that sort of thing. Back in the day, the old Ukrainian regime. Um, uh, Ted Cruz was, the FBI is looking for funding and they're looking to renew the FISA warrant process and they're getting a heck beat out of them on Capitol Hill. It's been really interesting. We haven't gotten a chance to talk about it, but, uh, give me, give me a little, um, uh, 57. This is the FBI director getting questioned by Ted Cruz. I'm
0: just not going to comment on uh, information we received, investigations. Do you owe an matters. obligation
2: to the American people to be candid about evidence of corruption by the President of the United States?
0: This is uh, an area that I'm not going to get into with you, Senator.
2: Well, I understand you don't want to, and that's why people are mad at the FBI because you're stonewalling and covering up serious allegations of evidence of corruption from the President. You know, I like Ted Cruz.
3: We've met Ted Cruz, chatted with him at length. Uh, He's a nice fella. I think that was completely unfair. If it's an ongoing investigation, you wouldn't disclose it. Right. Here's Cruz defending himself on Hannity, 58.
2: The FBI senior leadership believes they're unaccountable. They're not accountable to Congress. They're not accountable to the American people. And these allegations, if true... Joe Biden should be impeached. He should be removed from office. He should be prosecuted and he should go to prison.
4: Yeah, okay.
3: I mean, I agree, but and if they're not investigating what ought to be investigated, that is a problem. But for the FBI to publish, you know, what it's in the middle of would be incredibly unfair. Uh, On the other hand, you got this. Uh, the there were some two hundred and seventy eight thousand improper queries involving Americans in the FISA process from twenty sixteen to twenty twenty, according to the Washington Times. And the FBI wants it reinstated as is the FISA process. And several con- uh, senators, including Democrat Dick Durbin of Illinois, oh really. Uh, yeah, applying heat, he said, you have to, I hope, understand why some of us are skeptical at this point.
2: Wow, good for him.
3: Yeah, well, and the FBI comes back with, we must not forget the lessons of nine eleven. This yeah. is how we protect you.
2: Yeah, that's the uh, every government in the history of government's excuse for why we have to go too far. Keep you safe. Yeah, I'm not seeing a lot
3: of uh, coverage over that battle either, and uh it's so extraordinary for me and a lot of people to witness the democratic party being wholly supportive of the intelligence services and law enforcement no matter what they do except when it comes to like the black lives matter issues then it's cops are all cops
2: are bastards when do the mlk tapes come out two years it's not too long from now I wonder if that'll change things, remind a bunch of Democrat Democrats, because when those tapes come out, it's going to be explosive. Those are the FBI sex tapes when they were spying, should have been illegally, on Martin Luther King Jr. We have a federal holiday named after the guy he's so revered, yet our own government was spying on him just because they didn't like him.
3: And you'd have to be a shill on the level of Joy Reid not to ask the question as a journalist: uh, Are we still doing that sort of thing? Right. And how are we sure we're not? Mm-hmm. And then you would get into this uh, Section 702 uh, debate. If you ever hear that reference, that's the, the legalizes the whole FISA court deal. Uh-huh. But anyway, the fact that this is not getting a tremendous amount of attention is so odd, since everybody on both sides of the aisle has the same interest in preventing government overreach and and the you know squashing of their rights.
2: Mm, did Trump say anything about it? Not interested.
3: Oh, I'm such a dumb dumb. That's right, because Trump claimed the FISA process was abused. You don't even talk about it. You, you pretend
2: it doesn't exist. Right. Yep, exactly, because if you were to say that that needs to be looked at, ooh, that's kind of playing into the Durham report. Yeah, I don't know about that. Where are the real journalists? Well, they're on Substack, honestly, well, People to a large care. extent. Yeah. TikTok influencers and celebrities, that's what people want. I'll save this for my final thought if you haven't heard these numbers. They're troubling.
3: No, I hate to be troubled. Final Thoughts with and yeah!
2: Yeah! Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty.
3: Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. Leading off, our technical director, Michelangelo. Michael? You know, Jack, you were talking about the swimming pool. My childhood was doing cannonballs and jumping off the
2: diving board and twisting. That's, that's what the teenage boys did to impress the girls.
4: That's what the whole
2: pool experience was. And my kids were actually like, what are we supposed to do here? Uh, I don't know.
3: <laughs> it's called safetyism, folks. Fight against it. Our esteemed newswoman, Katie Green, has a final thought. Katie? Katie?
5: want to give you guys the stat from the almost swear jar. Jack, you owe five bucks. Joe, you owe two to, two bucks, and we're on our way to a nice fruit basket. Wow, I'm already five bucks in on day five one. Bucks? That's rough.
3: <laughs> I can't believe i got to work with such a filth
2: merchant. Uh, Jack, a final <laughs> thought for us. You know, I'm going to go with this text instead that fits in with the whole safety at the pool thing. Uh, somebody texted, I took my 8 and 11-year-old boys to the local skate park. They were fully geared up, and I was sitting on the side watching them. A city cop! An actual cop. A city cop stopped by and asked me to leave the park because I didn't have a helmet on for myself within the uh, area of the skateboard park. We are a diseased society. That
3: is so crazy! Wow. My final thought is, looking forward to a weekend, hanging out with my kid and her man, doing the museums and the sites and the nature areas and the rest of it, eating too much, drinking too much. That's already begun. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but if you'll forgive me, going to get a little family time in.
2: All right. Which is more egregious, the eating or the drinking? Uh, the drinking. Yeah. Mm. The the eating was
3: uh, debatable. The drinking was gratuitous.
2: Mine usually and, goes in order, or used to back in the day. The egregious drinking led to the egregious eating. That's the way I would do it. Well, we went to
3: a really nice place for dinner um, that is not an American, we're going to try to make you obese portion emporium, mm. you know? Good restaurant.
2: Ah, I want portions. That's what I'm looking for. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four hour workday.
3: So many people to thank, so little time. Go to Armstrong and Getty. Check out the hot links, Armstrongandgetty.com. Really good stuff there. Pick up an AG Sports Brawl, ladies. Endorsed by the very daughter who's visiting us.
2: Wow. We will see you next time. God bless America.
4: Armstrong and Getty. Your time
5: has expired. It's just the way it is. This is all crazy.
4: Yup. Hey,
0: man. Okay. I thought it would be hard. I thought it'd be almost impossible. I think it's totally valid. This is fabulous.
3: That's enough of that. Woo! So let's go out with a
2: bang. Emojis could soon start popping up in medical communications, such as emails and letters from doctors. to cancer results back, and the emoji is a guy with the X's for eyes. <laughs> your ideas are not helpful. Alrighty, everybody. Have a
5: terrific day. Armstrong and Getty. Find your new Silverado at Meta Chevy with big discounts off MSRP on a big selection.